Welcome to the next installment of the SUAS News Podcast Series, where we interview newsmakers and discuss the news and applications relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. I'm your program host, as always, so it's been a few years, Patrick Egan. And as we always do at this time, let's say hello and a big warm Texas welcome to our co-host, Mr. Gene Robinson. Hey, Gene. Hello there. Hello there, Mr. Egan. He's in, I'm, you know, man, I'm watching you, you know, from Texas here and the left coast, y'all, y'all are in y'all's uh, uh, fourth season. I, you know, you have mud, flood, fire, and earthquake. So you're in fire right now. And yeah, I see you taking up smoking again. I have. It's all unfiltered, you know, um, which is the good way to get it. Now, yeah, it's really kind of, uh, that's kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of sad. I've been posting a lot of pictures on um on my Twitter, but you know, it's been a lot of time in the mountains, and this Caldor fire is exactly where I'm usually hanging out in the mountains, and it is some of what makes California uh, tolerable. The politics are not so good, but the geography is really good, great, beautiful, all the rest of that, and now it's uh, it's getting burned up, and that's really kind of sad. So hopefully they get a uh, handle on this deal. Um, you know, it's it, it's gonna it'll be uh, it's gonna be ugly for a long time. takes takes a long time for uh, you know the forest to recover. Although I gotta say it's kind of a miracle that I mean I was up there with my son not too long and I go you know really it's uh, people are using the forest like a city park. They leave their garbage, they're having barbecues, careless with fire. Um, you know, it's kind of a miracle it hadn't happened sooner. So. We'll have to see, and very little enforcement of anything. In the, in the, you know, you really don't see forest rangers or anyone. So, you know, maybe they need to do some PSA videos about, you know, being a, a good forest visitor or something. You know. Yeah, like the, like uh, don't the poop old in the water bear PSAs. Yeah, exactly. I haven't seen Smokey uh, for a while, so we'll have to see what happens with that. Um, you know, I don't know. Just uh, a lot of stuff going on in the in in the, in the drone world, which is kind of peculiar. Um, you know, I, I do sense a little bit of a um, an uptick in optimism. How about you? Well, you know, I I do as well, and and I've got to admit, I am like busier than I have been in quite some time on some really, you know, me kind of obtuse projects and we're taking a deep dive with uh, USRI the, the folks up in Canada and I thought I knew FLIR data pretty well and uh, man, I'm telling you if um, if you're not using radiometric you're you're leaving so much data on the table it's not even funny and um, they're doing some really good software work out there and I, I we'll talk about it later it's not ready yet but it's going to change the way you look at it FLIR data and how it's used. And uh, other than that, I mean, I, as I work with the, the farm, we're getting more calls. People want to do cold cases and, and want to help on new cases. I was out on a case yesterday looking for an individual, and it just uh, it just keeps going on and on. So, yeah, I, I can kind of see the optimism. that They're, they're picking it up. They're, they're seeing the usefulness of the data out there and uh, – you know me as a data geek. That's that's we've talked about it. That's where the gold is, and it's finally kind of coming around to that. And uh, I, I see it, and I just 
man, it's uh, it's starting to peak and ramp up. Yeah, it is. It is good. And you know, um, the other one that's kind of interesting too is the administrator of the FAA was at the uh, AEBSI show, which I did not attend. I would not attend. I wouldn't go if they paid me. But that's another story. <laughs> Come uh, on, Patrick. I know. Well, I, I, it's just oh, God. But anyway. Um, the administrator says, you know, hey, this one-off waiver thing, it's going to be hard to scale. And people are like, oh, my God, it's news. I'm like, yeah, that was news and back in, like, you know, 2008. But it's good to see that, you know, the FAA leadership is coming around, you know, made better late than ever, that the one-off waiver thing is not going to work uh, to, to make this scale. It leads me to believe that his days are numbered at the FAA because as we have seen over the last 20 years, usually when people start having an epiphany about the, the drone thing, they're usually they're on their way out or they just left or, you know, it's been six months, so they left. It's almost like a light switch. It's weird, you know, it's like all of this is hard and we need data and we can't, you know, do no harm and this is safety and blah, 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 click. Man, these people are crazy. How come they just can't see? And I was like, what? Didn't we have this call like four weeks ago? Yeah, I know. Yeah, you were like, next. screwed up. And there's the <laughs> next guy who takes, you yeah. know, six years with his feet under the desk to get ready to. And it's funny, you know, you got uh, Horta is in on the integration thing on the outside, and Bobby Sturgill, and, you know, it's like, come on, man. All these guys, it's like, yeah, this is the goose that laid the golden egg uh, in China. But anyway, I think that that's, uh, that's kind of telling some different stuff is going on. I mean, the waiver thing is a total disaster, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you may, people are doing the cut and paste. It's not together. They don't have uh, – they're not following the farce. And there's just big shoulder shrugging. It's just all um, – it appears to be uh, relationships uh, more than safety. But, you know, whatever. Anyway, I, I went on a little bit of a rant there. What, you know, do you see anything else that uh, is, is giving you the encouragement or giving you pause? Or Well, you know, uh, the thing that kind of worries me a little bit is that, uh, you know, we kind of saw the, the promotion of Made in America kind of things going on with drones. And then we see a couple of the blue drone guys fall out, which is – you know, not unusual because, you know, the, our running joke is, is, you know, how do you make a small fortune in the drone business? And, you know, you start with a large fortune. So, uh, right. you know, that's, that's not too unusual. But, uh, you know, I, I think that there are more and more people recognizing that, you know, we in the good old U.S. of A. can do a lot better. We, we can. And, you know, the deal is, that, I mean, it's kind of a – I think people are starting to wake up to this. <laughs> you can't, you know, we have like these environmental laws, we have labor laws, we have uh, export laws, we had all these laws. You know, we've been around and established as a you know, manufacturing um, country, whatever. And you know, so you have these laws, which are nice. You know, it's nice to work a forty-hour week and you know have this and that, or you know, not dump toxic waste into the environment and things like that. But when you take that out, and you you know, in, in let's say developing countries, you go ahead and you do that. It's a, it's a little bit easier for them to, um, you know, let's say cost cutting, or you know, if you can work your Work your workers seven days a week. I mean, overtime is you know mandatory. 
Um, <laughs> you try that here, you know, that's not really going to work. But, you know, so there's some of that and then uh, some other issues. But, you know, today's guest uh, actually uh, works for a company, and they're, they're trying to do everything made here in America. So I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll bring them on. Uh, you know, long-time, um, let's say, player in the dronosphere, uh, Mr. Craig. Got a little history. He does. Uh, uh, he's the Senior Vice President of Strategy and Programs at Photokite. Craig, what, what's going on? Hey, Patrick. Hey, Gene. Thanks for having me on again. It's been a few years, and uh, it's great to be back. Well, you know, we, we like to, it's like an archaeological thing here with drones. No, I'm kidding. I know it's been a few years <laughs> since you've, uh, you've been on, but, you know, you've been, uh, you've been in this space for a long time. Um, I would call, you know, one of the guys or like the, kind of like the, uh, even before the UTM, UTM needed technology guy, so... You, you have a long history, and, and I always like to let the uh, guests do their bio. Some people, oh, you know, but you've been around for so long. You've done so much stuff. Um, could you please give the audience a little uh, what you've been up to, how long you've been here, uh, different things you've worked on in, in this, uh, let's say, ecosystem? Sure, yeah. So just a little little background um uh, been in aviation for I don't know close to 20 years now but the drone the drone space for maybe close to a decade and uh yeah I got to meet you and a lot of the the collaborators kind of early on almost pre UTM um was working with uh, a company SRC and, and Griffin Sensors um helping the state of New York uh, secure some funding for a lot of the UAS work they've been doing up here and um within that um, we were able to get some funding for a program called Genius New York, which is an unmanned systems business competition. And that's, uh, that's where I met my current company, Photokite, who I've been working for for a little over two years now. So kind of, you know, it's interesting, Patrick, you know, we were, you know, looking across the whole, whole broad spectrum, UTM ecosystems and everything. And now I'm down into, we make tethered aircraft systems for first responders. So I'm really down into a specific use case right now, you know, and we're, and we're supporting firefighters and police primarily um, with our systems. So it's been uh, it's been an exciting ride helping build out the North American team here. We're a Swiss-based company uh, based in Zurich, Switzerland. We only do tethered systems. Um, some really unique IP and some of the you know the leaders in the world out of um, ETH in Zurich, which is kind of like the MIT of the European Union. And um, we've, we're taking a lot of all the great work that's been developed there. And really, you know, our launch market was the fire market here in the U.S. in 2019. Um, we, we partnered with a public safety or a, a police partner last year, Axon, and uh, we're launching with them, you know, our products to market this fall. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're super excited for where we are and, and where we're going. And it's, it's just a great space to work in with first responders. Yeah, and we're going to. We're definitely going to unpack that, but why don't usually, I, for some reason, I do always do this at the end and say, hey, you know, give us the website so people can learn more, but let's do this. I'm, I've uh, switched to the follow-along method now, so if you could give us uh, <laughs> the uh, the website, that way when we're talking about the product, people can look yeah. at the pictures, and it's kind of yeah, like, the co- kids love the pictures co- today. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> the, the company's photo. The company's Photokite, and that's with an F, so it's just F-O-T-O-K-I-T-E, one word, and just go to photokite.com. Um, check it out. There's some videos and other things on there. Um, it's a pretty cool system because it pretty much flies itself. 
Um, we put them on tops of vehicles, on top of a police vehicle, on top of a police car. And we also have portable systems that are virtually the same system, but you can, you know, you can change them. They're interoperable between different vehicles, and people can share them in departments and um, easy from that side. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, no, that's good. Everybody should run over there and uh, take a look because we'll kind of, uh, you know, unpack some of this stuff. Um, so, you know, this is obviously tethered to it's meant to be kind of a persistent system, which is definitely correct. One of the issues that we have with, um, let's say, you know, multi-rotors, VTOL aircraft, we'll just say multi-rotors, uh, you know, there's limited flight time, situational awareness thing, uh, let's say time in the air and things like that. And, and there have been some companies, you know, oh, we're doing hot swap, and, which is nice, but you still got to come down, you got to put a battery in it, take off, blah, blah, blah. So um, with, with a tethered uh, system, you do have that persistent, uh, let's say, capability. So, you know, a little bit about uh, the, the uh, operating envelope of the aircraft. Maybe you could tell us, you know, I mean, how, how much tethers can it, you know, spool out and fly with? No, no, it's, it, exactly. Yeah, we, we, we fly to 150 feet is our, is our max height. And um, that's kind of aligned with some operational freedom we've been granted um, from the FAA. Um, I know you were talking earlier about um, waivers and some of those other things and, and, and some of that being challenging at times. But the FAA has been um, instrumental in kind of the growth of our company. And, um, you know, the, we basically have um, in the FAA reauthorization bill, um, they, they came up with a, a new class of craft called Actively Tethered. And it talks about operations 150 feet and below for first responders. Um, not needing right. a Part 107 license, and, and COAs being waived. So that was a really big deal for us, um, and that's part of why we're, we're spec'd in right now is, is 150 feet. And for most of our operations, we see they typically fly them between 75 and 100 feet. So it's been more than, more than adequate for what we need. And, uh, you know, so you have a tether there. What, what are we, uh, besides power, um, are, are you, um, what, what's in the pipeline there, the video? coming down the pipeline. Yeah, so, so, so some of the nice things we, we get with that tether, and, and our system is actively tethered. I, I used that mm -hmm. term earlier kind of w from a legislative perspective. It means there's tension on the tether at all times, and the system uh, localizes itself through the tether. So it's kind of a closed-loop system. We don't require GPS to fly, which is pretty important for um, safety and some of the other things that we're doing in urban environments. But, yeah, we've got power going up the tether. So you hit it earlier. You kind of get unlimited flight time. That's a real nice advantage that you get from a tethered system versus some free flying. They have the, some of their own other advantages. You know, each, each system has its strengths and weaknesses, right? Um, but then we're also sending data down the tether. So it's kind of instead of trying to send, you know, really rich video feeds, you know, you know, wirelessly from the bird, we get to send them down the tether into our base station, and then we can do um, different things with it from there to include live streaming. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's better than encrypted. It's contained in the, uh, in the cable. Yep. <laughs> you know, which is a, uh, one of those things that, uh, I don't know if people think about that or whatever, but, you know, even especially in uh, law enforcement, you know, um, type of situations. Yeah, it's funny, uh, the situations usually don't unfold very quickly, and you know, you'll have people in certain situations watching the TV feed. So uh, it's nice if you have the active intelligence and, and you're not sharing. So that's a, that's definitely a uh, a plus. Uh, Gene, so one of the I, I guess I I think 
I think you hit the nail on the head there, Patrick, especially with the groups we're with. At least they have control of it, right? If it comes down the tether into the base station, they can then decide how, the, how and where they want to use that information. Well, that and, you know, uh, chain of custody on ev- any evidence is like, hey, you know, yeah. you got it like locked up tighter than a drum right here. Gene, since you're, you know, Gene is an uh, active member of the fire department and all the rest of this stuff. Questions, Gene, comments, something Wait, you'd like to add? Yeah. I'd like to add that, you know, I've built two mobile command, three mobile command units now. And the first one had a 45-foot pneumatic mast on it, which that's been kind of the de facto standard for just about all of these uh, mobile command units. The second one, uh, you know, I, I recognize the value of the mast, but, you know, the pneumatic jobber was big. It's complicated. It was uh you know, easy to forget and drive off with it sticking up and, you know, you bend in half. I didn't do that. Okay, I did not do that. But I'm just saying there's people that have done that. The, the second <laughs> one that I did was a, a, a 20-foot mast. And when I, and it was easy to put up, just three sections, you know, it was a hand deal. But uh, it got to the point where, you know, everybody was saying, man, you got a drone in there. Why don't you just put the drone up and park it over the van? Well, duh. So, yeah, we could do that, but like you say, you got to come down for a battery. So these drones, the, the photo kite, perfectly into that situation. And we tried some of the very early, early ones, uh, you know, some competitors. I won't mention any names. And we, we used them with some orange drones that, uh, you know, worked pretty well with them as long as they got used to them. But when the battery or the, the little adapter thing popped out, Gosh, that that camera and that aircraft came down right on top of the van. So uh, yeah, it was uh, you know, having had a little bit of uh, uh, history with trying to use a tethered drone. I absolutely commend these things. And you look on the website, you see all the things that they have done so far, and it looks it's going to be a viable solution. That's just that's <laughs> it's going to be the thing that uh, is an extension of the mast and uh, even uh, a further extension of the drone itself. So that's my position on it. I, I like it myself. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny you say that because the other uh, – the, one of the companies that uh, Craig worked for, uh, we did – we had a, a mask, the PGSD. Weren't you guys on that, uh, on that project, Craig? And your yeah, former yeah, long, long, long time ago with, with some radars, exactly, yep. Yeah, and the mast was like 110 feet, had a nice, it had an MX-15, or no, we were using the Flare Seastar Sapphire, I think, on that project, and you want to talk about uh, involved putting up a 110-foot, uh, you know, tower, Tim. Um, in a, a nice view, um, all the rest of it, but it was very involved, and it was a system that, you know, I mean, it, it was quasi-mobile if you want to call it that, although the, the setup was a little involved. And, uh, you know, if anybody kind of, let's say, unfriendly came to you, uh, you'd have a hard time breaking it down and, uh, you know, hauling it off. That was one of the concerns that I had, you know. I'm like, eh. So uh, the nice thing about this uh, system that you got now. Yeah, I would say that those were more those were more fixed infrastructure, I would say. Right, Patrick? Yeah, yeah. You're not going to – you aren't going to roll that up and uh, hit the bricks and uh, – I remember when it was on that project, too, they were like, yeah, we're going to do hard installations of these and put the tower. And I'm like, you know, you got, where are you guys going to get the, uh, what are you going to need, about six or seven yards of a, you know, five-sack mix? I go, you guys got 
concrete trucks rolling around Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. Mm. But anyways, all of that infrastructure is not needed with this type of system here. Uh, plus, you know, you're getting a little bit more height. And you're also, I mean, how, how long does it take to, uh, let's say, deploy the system? And then, you know, if I had a pack up, say I had, you know, some people that were upset yeah. that I was there, how long would it take me to pack up the system and hit the bricks? Well, well, that, that was really one of the things we were shooting for with this, since we're, we're, we designed it from the ground up for first responders. And we wanted something that could be deployed immediately on a scene, any scene, quickly. So in our, with our portable case, if you, if you set it up, it takes about a minute because you've got to just basically take the lid off and plug the power in. You always need power in because we're running power off the tether. Usually they, they power them off of vehicles and burgers, or you can plug right into the side of a, a building right into a normal wall outlet. Now for the roof mount systems, they're already powered up. So you can literally pull up on scene, hit launch, and you're getting situational awareness within seconds. Um, and if you were at maximum height of 150 feet and you want to land the system, it'll come down in less than a minute. So, you know, rapid setup, rapid, rapid takedown, um, which, which you need if you want to be able to get information immediately on a, on a call. You don't want to be have to set a, open up three cases and set something up and, and burn 20, 30 minutes. We were really aiming for something that you could just – and anybody could launch it. That's where the, the operational freedom of not needing to, to call in a pilot or scale – trying to scale operations to pilots in every station just doesn't really work. Right. Yeah, no, that's, uh, you know, lessons learned. You know, um, yeah. situations change. It's fluid. Um, you may have to bring it down, all the rest of that. So that's, uh, that's good. So <clears throat> let's also talk about uh, capabilities because I'm thinking about another use for this. But, uh, you know, so what, what, type of, um, what, what, what type of sensors can this thing fly? Because that's where so, the well, that's we, where the rubber well, meets we, the road. Yeah, no, exactly. So we've got, um, and we really we designed it for all weather operations as well. So once again, if you're going to be able to fly on any scene, you got to be able to fly in 20, 30 mile an hour winds. You got to be able to fly in rain. So everything we have on the system is waterproof, IP55 rated. Um, we've custom designed, you know, all the camera housings and other things. We have a thermal and an optical camera on there, and um, we're getting a ton of requests for communications um, to be added to the kites mm-hmm. and other things. So we're, we're exploring all those right now, um, and they're on our roadmap. But right now it comes with a, with a thermal and an optical camera right now. So basic, you know, especially if you think firefighting and you want to come and do size up on a scene, you want to look at the roof, you want a you know, good thermal camera from that perspective. And you also want, you know, for search and rescue, um, maybe you're on a, the, uh, an accident uh, at night um, and you put the system up and you just want to search the area if there's anybody missing from the vehicle. Um, we've been getting a lot of feedback from people using the, the system for exactly those types of use cases. And does the uh, EO camera, what, 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 we got like a zoom on this. What, what, what's, uh, tell, tell us more about this sensor. Yeah, so um, everything's operated on a, on a tablet. No joysticks or anything because we're kind of trying to make it, a, you know, it's a, it's a kite versus a drone. It doesn't really need an active, active piloting all the time. So it's literally one button launch set your height, tap around on the screen forever you want to look, pinch to zoom on there. Um, current systems got 12 times zoom. We're upgrading that to, to 32x zoom here um, in the coming quarter. So we're continuing to enhance the, the packages and payloads on there as well. And uh, what's, and what's your, the video? Yeah. What's the video quality? Sorry. Sorry, one more time? Video quality. What, what, what's coming down oh. the pipe here? We got 1080p, 4K, 6K, 8K. 
1080p, and we're up in that to 4K. Okay. And what about your FLIR? Can you give us some specs on the FLIR? Are you doing 640 by... 512 are you doing yeah, uh, radiometric yeah, yeah, <laughs> no you, you you just nailed it it's a, a FLIR boson uh, camera we have on there right now and uh we're looking to update that to radiometric as well it was good it was interesting to hear you mention that earlier on the call <laughs> oh yeah it, it's going to change things trust me yeah you know it's funny about this podcast <laughs> you know we're always like drilling down on the you know on the details because <laughs> it's like hmm I mean, I don't, I'm sure oh, Gene great. is the same deal as I sit here and uh, think to myself, uh, as as people are describing, like you're describing the uh, photo cut, I'm like, hmm, hmm. I got like, you know, three or four uses in the back of my head that, you know, that squirrel starts to run on the wheel. <laughs> I, can, hmm, I could use this for this and that. Gene, does that happen to you? No, no, never happens to me all the time. Look, I am an alpha geek, all right? So you throw something out there, I'm going to take it and run with it, and it's probably not going to be in the direction you expected. Yeah, exactly. it's, 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 it's been fun to get the, uh, the level of inquiries we get for people with ideas and other markets, and uh, you know, we're trying to stay it's 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 easy to get distracted with them too because like oh we'd love to go right into that space we'd love to go right into that space but we've been trying to stay laser focused in uh in the firefighting and then moving into police and uh you know we're starting to now expand as we grow the company and looking at other markets but uh we're all ears for whatever good ideas you guys have yeah you got to you got to got to maintain that focus or you'll end up shotgunning everything won't you yeah, and the nice, the nice, the great thing is we love working with first responders. They have great feedback. They've got strict requirements too, so you really have to be able to um, operate in all environments. You got to be able to operate every time. So you know, we've we've learned a much. We've really hardened the system. We've continued to improve it, and um, I don't regret anything we've done as far as the launch markets we've we've chosen. I think uh, I think it's really helped us grow as a company. But how do you get past the fact that uh, most of these fire departments and public safety agencies are broke? So that's a that's a really interesting one right there. So from uh, from where we've kind of entered the market on a, on a price point side, we're we're dramatically um, lower cost than the other tethered systems on the market, and that's no that's no knock to them. It's just strictly because most of them come from mili- military heritage, and yep. they've been designed for different requirement sets for um, maybe in theater. And, um, you know, we designed from the ground up for public safety, still industrial grade IP55 rated and all those things, but we don't have, we don't have the requirements that they had imposed on them for mil spec and maybe some of those other things. So I think we're really unique there. And then when you start to look at the savings, if you were going to have a drone program um, and, and do all these other things for training pilots and maintaining that and maybe increase pay for them from pilot perspectives, you know, it's, a lot of that stuff starts adding up when you look at the total cost of a drone program. So when you look at a, when you talk to a department that is strapped for for funding, Photokite could, could be a great entree for them into the quote unquote drone space, even though we try not to call ourselves a drone, um, because you know they have the operational freedom. You don't have to have the pilot's license, and you can kind of dip your toe into there and still get um, you know most of your missions covered, where you just need situational awareness over the scene, um, versus you know maybe going down another path with lots of different craft, lots of pilots, like a lot of these more sophisticated, complex drone programs across the country. Photokite's a great way for departments that don't necessarily have a lot of resources to get in the game. And um, so I, I kind of, we, we, that's what we were going for um, when we were entering the market here. 
Hmm. Let me ask you, you know, since we were on, um, you know, it was kind of a, talking about, uh, you know, let's say chain of custody on evidence and things like that. Um, I know you said that, you know, this was a Swiss company or whatever, but there's, you know, we're, we're also here in the United States. Hey, before the show, you were talking about how a lot of the um, system is now built within the United States. Could you expand on that? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're a Swiss-based company. Um, we were doing initial uh, manufacturing at our headquarters in Switzerland. And, and over the, the past year and a half now, we've transitioned 100% of our production here into upstate New York where we're based. And, um, yeah, and it's been, you know, that really resonates well with our, our major market here in the U.S., first responders. And um, we've got a large distribution network in Europe as well. Um, those are our two main main areas right now where we're deploying systems. Interesting. So, and, and is that, you know, uh, are, are you hearing that? Are you hearing, you know, hey, we, we're, you know, we're kind of concerned about this issue. I, I know some people are concerned about it. Other people are not concerned about it. But, I mean, are you hearing that feedback from your, uh, let's say, I, I target think it, market? I think it's, I think it's been really well received from our target market when they hear. They just like that. They like hearing that it's made in the U.S. It's product supported. You know, the teams here that they're going to be dealing with. Um, right. Not. I'm not really hearing them talking disparaging about other products out there, uh, but more that it's well-supported. There's been some customers who've bought systems with grants that some of those grants have tied to them, some requirements for the systems to be made here. So I think that helps. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, overall it's been been super positive. Yeah, no, I think it's a good thing. And I do think even the grant thing, I mean, if you're going to spend taxpayer money, you know, might want to kind of keep it in-house, uh, country-wise, things like that. Um, definitely uh, another plus is having support, you know, um, d- domestically, things like that. Some of the, I mean, I've heard some real horror stories, uh, law enforcement using products that were, you know, made offshore and not being able to get the um, customer service or, being geofenced out, not being able to use the assets, which, you know, that, that could put a real, uh, you know, let's say, pull on the, uh, the, the program, not, you know, spending all of this money on stuff and not being able to use it uh, wouldn't be good. Same with uh, being having all-weather capabilities. It still surprises me, you know, here we are, uh, you know, 2021, and people still talk, you know, well, you know, is this a system all weather? Can we can we use it at uh, you know if it's raining or if it's windy or whatever? Which uh, in a, in you know a life safety type of situation, uh, which Gene, I'm sure Gene talks about this all again. You know, like people don't go missing uh, during the like I'd say right after lunch on uh, you know <laughs> Tuesday, but it's you know sunny and nice, right, Gene? Nope, nope, nope. They t- tend to pick the worst time. When you know you have the most going on and the worst weather, and yeah, <laughs> it's like a combo. And it's all going on. Yeah, let's uh, you know, got to get out of bed. It's raining. It's cold. It's whatever. And uh, it kind of surprises me. A lot of people are like, oh well, we didn't really think about you know uh, this when we made the purchase or we built out the program. Uh, so, you know, is that, are you finding that, uh, Craig, is this, you know, saying, when, oh, we're going to buy this, is it all weather or whatever? Is it kind of just assumed? Is it an afterthought? What a, 
No, it, tell us it's about a that. big question. It's a it's a big question everyone asks. Um, and because a lot of times now we're, we've been going across the country for a couple of years now doing this demoing. Usually the people you're talking to are pilots, so they're educated and they're going to say, "What the what winds can you fly in? What can you do environmental?" So they're asking that that all the time. Because and, and, and then you talk to them and you start to hear them say, "Well." You know, usually we don't want to fly in over 15-mile-an-hour winds. And it's like that's tough at times because a lot of the places we're going, I'm seeing 15-mile-an-hour winds. Or if they can fly, then it really starts to degrade their battery when they start to get up into those windy conditions. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's an area where the, the feedback's been outstanding because if we can fly in 25-mile-an-hour winds persistently, you know, that, that gives them an option at least, you know, to, to be able to handle those, those conditions and, and rain and, and snow and all those other things, which is really, you know, if we were aiming for something you can launch on any scene, you've got to be able to address those. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, uh, you know, fires have their own weather and overspray. And, I, yeah. and, 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 it, and we just have some architectural advantages that we get to exploit, right? We've got the tether, right? And it's actively tethering. So that helps us stabilize the system and winds, right? We don't have to worry about batteries. We're sending power up. And um, so we, we, we try to take advantage of those architectural, you know, pieces of the system as much as we can. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, uh, you know, a, a plus. There There are – you know, pluses and minuses, like you said early on, you know, uh, advantages and disadvantages with any system. Um, sure. And, you know, that is, you know, one thing, you're on a tether, you're kind of in one place, but, uh, you know, you do have, uh, again, security, and then you also have the power, um, consistent power, so you can stay there. So technically, I, I mean, I know we could say, theoretically, the system could fly indefinitely, but, you know, is it to say, well, don't fly it more than 10 hours or just, you know, go for it or, or what? what? What what do you tell people? You know, I think it really, each department we work with, it kind of fits into their standard operating procedures. You know, we say, um, you know, that there is some operational freedom from not necessarily needing the pilot's license, but there is best practices. You know, we always say, you know, steer clear from power lines, especially in windy conditions. Yeah. The, tethers, the tether's taut but it can still have some bow to it, it normally with, within wind. So we always say clear things 20 feet, make sure you have an operator there. So it, it would need to fit within their best practices for having people and other things there. But, no, we've, we've had systems flying for days. Um, that's Ooh. not, you know, those aren't your normal, normal missions. But as long as you have power into the unit and you're operating within your safe SOPs, um, yeah, it's a, it, that's, you know, one of the advantages. It's a persistent system. Same deal with trees and whatnot. You know, <laughs> you don't want to yeah. under yeah. a tree. You think it's self-explanatory, but when uh, people are stressed, and stuff starts to go out the window. Gene, I think you know you need to bring that road show to Texas, my friend, because I think there's a lot of folks down here that uh, you know if you could show that persistent system and leave us there for days. Uh, wildland fires, you know, we end up having multi-day events, and we have to stay out there for a very long period of time. And the, the, your drone in the box, I, by the way, looks really sharp. I like it. Uh, I, Thank I, you. I think it's a, it's a winning combination. And then with the upgrades that you've got coming, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's looking good, man. Uh, great feedback. I'll, fo- I'll follow up with you offline. <laughs> yeah, I got, a, I got an offline conversation I want to have to, but uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, I do want to talk. Um, yeah, so, that, uh, so it's been there for days. So that's, uh, you know, the proof is in the pudding on that deal, um, you know, as far as, as the capabilities and, and whatever else. 
Can you can you ballpark us on on uh, you know where one of these systems starts price wise? So we, we work through mainly distributors here in the U.S. We've got Fire Channel partners and and police partners, and they've got different different models and pricing. And you know, uh, if, out of respect to them, they could they could do formal quotes. But just to give you an idea on orders of magnitude, most tethered systems out there on, in the in the market are six figure plus systems. You know, we're we're well under 50k. Um, mm. Well under, and it's more on the more on the order of magnitude of like a DJI Matrice type product. So industrial grade, you know, depending on the types of uh, packages you put on there, it's, it's in that price range. And those, you know, you, you guys can do do the do the research on those, but it just gives you gives you the ballpark for where we are. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's and that's all we really expect you to do. Um, yeah. You know, just to give people kind of a flavor of of, of what this system is going to cost. But like you said, I think that some of the uh, some of that cost may, you know, be okay because, like you're saying, some of the training pro uh, the programs, you know, some of the issues with uh, what you know, extra pay and things like that, and uh, reoccurring training and uh, losses, attrition, blah blah blah. You may be uh, making some of that cost up. You know, I mean, oh, what's that, that you guys? What what's the do you have in house training? Is it uh, is it like a one day affair? We 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 offer training. The 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 interesting thing is we'll go to departments and I think they're used to much longer training and they're like you got to come for a couple days. We're like maybe half a day max. And then when we go and do the training, you know, after fifteen thirty minutes, they're all training each other. Um, it's pretty simple from a from a training perspective. Um, we've got an operator's manual right on the tablet that we continue to update, and we always push updates out as well. And uh, we stay very engaged with our customers to make sure they're using systems and hear about their success stories. The train training is pretty simple, but we're always we're always open to coming on site and doing more extended training or integration type efforts, use case learning. Um, we love we love uh, we love coming on site doing ride-alongs and other things with partners. Yeah, and and you did say that uh, you you don't need the 107. And you really you don't need waivers, so so those just costs. to clarify that too. That's to clarify that too. It's it's narrow the way the language is written smartly by the FAA. It's for first responders basically. So it's not for okay. commercial necessarily. It's not for hobbyists and other things. There, it's really for first responders is who the who the 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 um, waiver, if you will, was was targeted towards. Well, and it's and it's good to define that, but I mean that is if you're if you're running an apartment or whatever you don't know. I mean we did some uh, trained at uh, uh, San Francisco Fire Department to uh, you know do their 107 and then basic training or whatever else, and you know uh, people had to come in on their day off and you know so it's you know the pay and all the rest of that stuff. It, it did add a cost to the um, or let's say overhead to to the program. So uh, and then the flight training and all the rest of that half day thing is is uh, definitely going to cut the cost of something like that instead of a two three day four day program. And Gene, I know you've done some training. Is that uh, kind of what you're seeing, or did I run long, or you? Uh, what, no, what's no, no, usual no, no. Training like? Yeah, you know, if you're going to be doing a Part 107 setup with an agency, that's that's going to be you know minimum two days training. And uh, if you look at the, um, the the Taser model, for example, uh, Taser gets you come in, you get a half a day training, and you know how long does it take to get you know shock? You know this is the safety, this is the trigger, this is what happens when you pull the trigger, and and you get done with it, and and they go out and they're productive immediately. 
So there is a cost savings in there. Now, granted, they're, they're, they're pretty conscientious about the trainings that they get. As, as you know, with uh, funding the way it's going, we're being asked to do a lot more with a lot less. So these sorts of force multipliers that are out there that are available to us that can help save lives and can help give situational awareness are pretty deemed important, if you ask me. And being able to get it up and running quickly, like half a day, that's outstanding as far as I'm concerned. Well, and then let's talk, waiver. let's talk about waivers now. You know, it's been a, it's been a long, long, windy road. Gene and the uh, the waiver department to use this uh, for you know search and rescue or or firefighting or whatever else. It, what what uh, I mean I know it's it's better. You know I like to beat up on people and I know it's better. But is that still kind of a hindrance with the technology the waiver thing for people out in the field? Yeah, well it it is. I mean this last couple weeks ago I was in St. Louis and uh, you know it was completely shut down because the uh, the, the Chinese drone manufacturer decided I wasn't in a place I shouldn't be flying, even though I was working with a public safety agency and had all full authorization to do so. So, yeah, that is problematic. Uh, you know, again, you're with a – in this situation, you're not going to be shut down. You know, you're completely self-contained. And right. that is, you know, a, a, a big bonus uh, when you don't have to answer to, to somebody else, whether it be the – the federal agency or the the Chinese to you know whether you can fly or not. So, <laughs> so we we walk on eggshells around here. <laughs> Nobody, we try and come away without upsetting anyone. Although that's I don't that doesn't really happen very often. But anyway, uh, no, those are you know that's that all sounds great. Um, definitely um, some real advantages. Um, let's say, uh, with your system, the photocode system. So, you know, as we move forward, it sounds like you are getting the feedback, refining the products, making upgrades, um, things like that. So we're, always, you, we're, 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 always up, we're always upgrading the system all the time. A lot, most of it's in software, um, but we've got a lot of systems deployed in North America and Europe now with firefighters and police, and we're just continuing to – scale the company right now is really really our mission and really get get these systems in in first responders hands oh excellent and and the feedback is all all good you don't have anyone complaining the feedback's been great i mean we're always getting you know feedback from the market and a one of them example like we talked about you know keep it keep um, improving the optics and you know there's always engineering trades we're making there since we're trying to keep the system super light waterproof payloads and packages to stay under the weight limits so we can get our FA exemption. So it's a very integrated product, but we're, we're always listening to the the market feedback and we're always enhancing, but the, the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive due to the ease of use, kind of Gene, what you said, getting the the people up and going quickly and anybody in the department then being able to go on a scene and launch the system, you know, you can get that situational awareness. I think uh, what you talked about earlier, if you start doing the cost comparisons, on paper for maybe a full formal drone program versus this, it, it comes out very favorable to a photokite-type deployment, obviously, because you don't have all the administration and, and training potentially and bureaucracy and other things behind it. Um, but the, I, think, I think maybe and arguably even more important is if you could get something on a scene quicker because 
You didn't have to wait for a pilot. Anybody could fly it. It, it launches so quickly, even minutes, even seconds on an emergency response scene. That's, it's hard to put a dollar value on that, but that's really valuable if you can get that information out. Yep, oh, absolutely. That's uh, that is true. So there are some some definite benefits for for people to uh, to to go to the site and uh, check out the products. You know, I'm convinced. Like I said, I got three or four different you know things in the back of my head, and I know the genius. <laughs> so I'm hoping that other people that are listening to the podcast go, hey, you know, that's uh, there's there's there, you know, I might be able to use this, and that's why we had you on. Uh, like no, I said, thanks, you know, thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, no, you know, you've been on before. Uh, I've known you for a long time. You've been in the space for a long time. You know what's cooking. So, um, again, thanks for being on, and uh, I'm sure we'll be, uh, you know, crossing paths again here pretty soon. And, um, you know, good luck at Photocade. Awesome. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks, Gene. And uh, best, best wishes to you as well. All right. We'll see everyone next time. Okay. Goodbye.